This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. On this episode, I'm joined by the former Wolves players Dave Edwards, Lee Naylor and Natalie Evans. We'll discuss team selection and the battle between pragmatism and all-out attack, how to replace the suspended Ruben Neves for the visit of Chelsea and a record-breaking weekend at Molyneux for Wolves women. But first, here's Dave Edwards on his review of the one-all draw at Nottingham Forest. Good point in the end, the way the game went. I think before the game, I'd have said that um, I'd expect Wolves to get three points with the players they got available. Um, Forest uh, are good at home, but I still think on paper Wolves should be beating a team like Forest. But the way the game went, Forest were by far the better team, really. They created some really good opportunities. They looked a lot more dangerous going forward. Um, and in that second half, I just didn't see where an equaliser was going to come from. Um, and then we were a bit fortuitous in the end. It was a, a free kick because she didn't clear and it landed at Presenter's feet. And fair play to him. He t- composed, come back inside Nico Williams and got his shot away. Slight deflection. But um, yeah, I think Julian Lopetegui will be relieved. Say it's, um, it's an extra point on the board, but it also means that Notts Forest haven't gained on them. I think that's the important thing. But for, for Wolves to kick on and get themselves out of that relegation battle. They're going to need to offer a lot more going forward, I think. It was a little bit lacklustre, I thought. Natalie, what was your take on it? Really, they could have gone out there and got the three points, but I think the way they've performed, I think a 1-1 was a respectful scoreline and um, Podence did well on the opportunity when it fell to him. Um, So, all in all, I think it was a good point away from home. And it, you know, continues to kind of climb the table and get out of that relegation zone. Um, and hopefully they can kick on. Um, I know they're, they're losing Neves over the next two games. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see who comes in um, in his position. Um, but yeah, I think they've really got to kick on now and um, start getting those points on the board just to get the safety. Now, is there kind of a couple of elements to what we saw on Saturday in terms of, um, you know, David and Ali are right. They they got a point, and and in a game like that, relegation six pointer must not lose, or you know, m- must win. All those kind of cliches that get thrown around. They they didn't kind of concede any ground to a team below them, but some of the manner of the performance wasn't quite there, and only one shot on target is a bit of a concern. Well, that's been the concern for quite some time. Me and you know we've 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 watched a lot of games recently and over the past however long over over the season and going forward, breaking teams down, creating chances has been a massive, massive problem. I think we only say a good result in the end because we 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 could see how badly we performed on the day for the game. You're not accepting. You're not really accepting accepting that we need the three points at the end of the day. We're in trouble, and I think the sooner we we figure that out, the better. Edo, there was some um, some would say brave selection decisions going into the game. Totti playing as a left back, Jao Martino in the ten. We ended up seeing um, double change at half time, which has not been the first time 
in recent weeks. What was your take on on those selection issues? Um, I thought, I thought the, the side he selected for me was him not wanting to lose the game. I thought it was having the experience of Matinho in there, um, bringing Totti in on that left-hand side. Obviously, Rene Nori's not in favour at all at the moment. You couldn't bring Hugo Bueno back on, so maybe he was the only option. Um, and I thought he did really well, actually. Totti against Brennan Johnson, he he, he was um, competed really well against him. And I thought when he went into centre-half as well, I thought he did really well. So that was a positive. Um, I, I still would have liked to have seen two up front. I think when Cunha plays, I thought, I thought he did well, but he doesn't stretch plays. He's a link man, so he'll drop into the spaces and he'll get the ball on the half term. Very difficult to mark. He's very good at what he does, brings other players into play, but it just means there's no real threat in behind. And I think, think if you have Raul up front with Cunha, I think he could pin the centre-half back a little bit and then it'll give more space for Cunha to operate in and then that's where he can hurt teams. I think you saw it work really well at Fulham and they played 4-4-2 against Liverpool and did well. I'd like to see him go that way and maybe with Neves being out now, he can he can do that by dropping, by playing either Matinho with um, with Lamina or playing Nunes with Lamina in midfield or even Jair Gomez could come in. But I'd like to see two up front just to give us an opportunity to create more chances. I think we we get into good positions so many times, but there's just no bodies in the box. It was evident again at the City ground. I've kind of been saying it all year. They just do not commit bodies into the box. And a lot of Cunha's work was in and around the area, but not in the middle. So when the ball does quite wide in the first half, there was some good crosses put into the box. But there was there was no one in the heart of it, and no midfield runners, no strikers breaking lines. Um, and I think that's where they really struggle because when they play with wingers like they have been doing, they do get into those good areas. But if you if you've got no one to cross to, it makes it really difficult. There is a feeling, I think, from supporters that there is this fine balance to be found between, as Dave says, playing in that game to make sure that you, maybe you don't lose and setting up in a certain way. But supporters wanting them to go for it and and have those attacking players on the bench. And it's very easy for us on the sidelines to kind of go, yeah, go for it. Put those attackers on and, and try and play it. But the pressure is there. So how do they find the balance with? It's a tricky one. And, you know, over the last couple of games, I think we have seen those changes at half time. So for me, it's sometimes easy still. Does he still know, you know, his strongest 11? Is he happy with his starting 11? Is it, you know, two up top? Is that going to make a difference? And I think he's still maybe not 100% sure. Um, and he likes to make those changes quite early, you know, especially at, at half time. And sometimes, you know, they've worked out for him. And I think sometimes I haven't because sometimes there's that bit of disruption. Um, you know, it takes time for players to come on and gel together. But yeah, and I think it's in the back of your mind sometimes whether, you know, you don't want to be too exposed at the back. You want to keep a clean sheet and you want to be in the game to give yourself the best chance to get those three points. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, it's quite obvious when we do go forward, there's one or two maybe entering the box and it's just not enough players really to give us that opportunity to be putting the ball in the back of the net. So yeah, it is a hard one, I think, to call at the moment. And what would you do now? Like, if, yeah, because it, it is pressure, isn't it? Like, you've, you've all played to an incredibly high level. You all know what it's like involved in these games. When you're playing in a match that has all of that going to it, do you, do you understand that element of kind of going, right, we need to set up first and foremost? Considering they conceded some really quite poor goals, let's be honest, against Leeds, 
to set up in that way. Yeah, but I think Wolves have got to back themselves a little bit more and play for player and, you know, the teams that are in and around that relegation, they are, you know, head and shoulders above them. But the performances are just not, you know, being matched on on the pitch. And, you know, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think they've got to believe in themselves a little bit more and, you know, go for it and maybe put that ray all up top and have two up top to um, break teams down because they've got the ability to do so. Um, so I think it's just a bit more belief. Managers have a long time with the players now. So to, to start figuring out different formations, different personnel, different ways of playing, it's, it's a bit long. It's a bit long at the minute. And I just think that should have been that should have been sorted within a few weeks. And he had a, he had a good couple of weeks on the training pitch, I'll be honest, before we even started. We, we've got some really, really good players, really good players that are not performing. And I think he's had to juggle a lot. But then to to make the changes he's making half time, he's seen something that's not working and he's not afraid to make the changes, which I don't mind. But then who you bringing on and what you're going to and what's your structure and how you're gonna play. It's 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 like a, a like for like, but it's not working. It's like it's like the game we seen him and, and he brought Martino on and we were thinking, why's why has he done that? Well, I think it might have been a Leeds, was it the Leeds, Leeds. game? Leeds and, and I just thought that was that moment when he didn't need to touch it. But because Martino had been stripped that uh, for that long, he didn't change his mind. And I thought that moment was right there for you to go, I don't need to touch this. Sit back down. Do you know what I mean? And I just think little little moments like that in the season, and especially now where the pressure's on massively, because pressure affects everyone. The top players, players that are bottom of the league, even lower league pressure like gets to everyone. Nails is right when he says some of the changes he makes. I think on the whole they're usually positive, but there's a few times it hasn't worked, and you do question some of them. As I go back to the Bournemouth game and again on Saturday against Forest, is when he has decided to go two up front. So he brought uh, Costa, and I thought made a difference on Saturday. To be honest, his physicality in the box. But on both occasions against Bournemouth as well, I remember when they went two up front, they're taking Traore off. And then they play of inverted wingers. And I'm thinking, if you're going to play the two up front and you need a goal in those late bits of the game, yeah. you keep an armor on because he's going to get to the byline, put balls in the box. And all of a sudden, you've got players in the box then to do it. But I remember in particular against Bournemouth, Sarabia went out to that right-hand side and we just couldn't get a decent ball in the box because obviously everyone was coming inside, so it wasn't quite working. Um, so there are those few occasions. But going back to your first point on, do you kind of play it safe and try and stay in the game as long as possible? I think the quality that Wolves have, other teams should be thinking more like that against them. I think Wolves should be able to go out and play their own way um, and have enough to win a game of football. And I actually thought, thought they, they dealt with the pressure quite well in the opening stages of that game on Saturday. It was very hostile at the city ground. The atmosphere was brilliant. Um, but they all they took the sting out of that by handling the ball very well. But it was just that last little bit, wasn't it? That last final third, which has been missing all season. And I think he'd be really disappointed he didn't get an, a, another number nine in January. And if if Wolves do end up in that relegation fight in those last few games of the season, heaven forbid, I think the majority of that would be down to them not signing number nine in January. I know Cunha came in, but he, he's not that poacher goal scorer who's going to make little dart and runs across defenders and things like that. Is there an argument, though, um, that... Uh, and I, I talked about this on social media that um, the best we've seen them play, arguably, was the the Liverpool League game at home. 
And that first 45 minutes had Huang on the right, uh, Mateus Nunez on the left, Sarabia behind Cunha. And they were interchanging. They were alert. Their movement was fantastic. They swarmed all over that Liverpool team. And then Huang got injured. And then they go to they go to Fulham and they tweak it and put Raul Jimenez in and Cunha into the 10. And again, they look pretty good. But then Cunha gets injured. And then after that, Sarabia gets injured. And so the, the clear way he wants to play, he hasn't really been able to do for the last month or so. And I don't know whether there's an element of still trying to fit people into that specific way of playing because Mateus Nunes has stayed on that left-hand side and Jean Martinho has gone in at 10 when maybe that's not quite worked. Or do they have to think of something completely different and whether that does involve the the two strikers or something else or natural wingers? I don't know, Dave, where, where they where they come at it from in there because if those players aren't fit and... 100% and we hope they are now because they're back playing but if they haven't been we've seen this kind of uh, issue between the balance of how the team set up whereas when everyone was fit in that Liverpool game we saw exactly what this Wolves team could be yeah, and that was out of the blue when he played that system I remember it taking me five minutes or so watching on the side to work out that Mateus Nunes was actually playing as an out and out wide player um, and they obviously followed up. Obviously, they lost. Um, who got injured in that game, did you say? Wang got injured Wang. in that game. And then the following game at Fulham, then Cunha gets injured. I think he was the big miss. And he hasn't been able to rely on him because he hasn't been able to train properly. And has this is the first time he's got a start. But I thought on Saturday, he's got all his players back. I know Wang's not there, but he's got enough to play that system that he wants to play or that he has played before. I'm not sure if it's a system he wants to play, but he's played and it's been successful. And I don't think with any disrespect to Jaime Tini because he is such a wonderful footballer. I think he's a central midfielder. He does a job in number 10, but he's very much a midfielder playing a 10. Whereas when Sarabia plays it, he's an attacker playing a 10. When Cunha plays it, he's an attacker playing a 10. I think there's a very distinct difference there. And I think that gives you more in, in and around the box. Whereas, say, Martino, he nicks the ball well, he makes good runs, but he's, he's not going to be able to get on the end of a cross more often than not. He's not going to be able to really break through lines with the type of player he is and the age he's at now. So it'd be unfair to ask him to do that, but they have got players now fit and available. Maybe because Sarab maybe he wanted to do that, but Sarabia having kids last week and it just wasn't right to play him there, but he had Raul Jimenez on the bench, who I think if he was fully fit, I'd have played him and Cunha up front. But yeah, I, I really don't think that... Um, Jean Lopetegui has a specific way that he wants to play in terms of formation-wise. I think it's very much what's available to him at the time and who the opposition is, and then he'll work out. I don't think he's got an identity which is going to... Whoever they play is just going to stick to identity. I think it's very fluid in the way he wants to do it. It was disappointing weekend for the academy teams. The under-21s were beaten 3-0 away at Everton. All the goals coming in the first half. Joe Hodge was amongst the more senior players being involved in that game, getting game time, having captained Ireland under-21s a mere matter of days earlier. The under-18s also had a disappointing weekend, being beaten 3-0 by Liverpool in a game that saw young defender Tess Igbehene sent off early in the second half. But for Wolves women, 
It was a sensational weekend. A record-breaking crowd at Molyneux to see a 5-0 demolition of Huddersfield. Here's Natalie Evans' take. It was rocking, to be fair, Mikey. Um, you know, amazing to see, um, you know, people coming out in numbers, boys, girls, families, um, coming to show the support for the women. And again, it's another step in the right direction for Wolves, you know, as a club, but also for the women's team. And hopefully that, you know, that may continue now when we can see a new, a few new faces down um, the new book's head. Um, but yeah, yesterday was just phenomenal from start to finish. Um, you know, great performance, probably the best performance as a team I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, they've really gelled together. Um, so that was pleasing. You know, the three points come with that. A few personal touches, Tammy getting a hundredth appearance and also Anna Morphy and and then again the big one, Anna Price, um getting the record for the most appearances now in a Wolves women's shirt. So yeah, it was just a phenomenal day. Um and amazing to be a part of. Um, you mentioned Tammy George. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, um, I thought the the Derby game at the Hawthorns, um, after she bizarrely got a crack on the head, didn't she? And then after yeah. that, she absolutely dominated the game and it was unreal to see. Um, the, it's interesting that you say that that's probably one of the best or most complete performances because I know Dan McNamara was pretty frustrated at losing at Watford in the League Cup a couple of weeks ago. And I, I said to him, the other week about how you know they've set such high standards for themselves Natalie that it's only natural they'll be slightly disappointed at times but you clearly feel from words in your mouth but does it feel like they are actually hitting a real vein of consistent momentum yeah and I think you know that comes again they've had a few injuries haven't they so they've had to adapt to the way you know they approach games a little bit more now especially with um, Amber Hughes, you know, their top goal scorer at the moment, being injured. So that's been, you know, a massive miss. Um, so they've had to cr- try and find, like, you know, a, a different formation, a different style of play now to accommodate the players that were available. And, you know, over the past few weeks, you have, you know, a few players, you know, playing well and, you know, a few players having OK games. But yesterday, whether it was the occasion and whether, you know, they got that fire in the belly playing at Molyneux, which you should have, you know, week in, week out. But again, it's that these last little games now where they're going to have to really push on and they knew in the back of their heads they couldn't drop any more points. Um, You know, they've got to keep that pressure on Forrest. But yeah, it was just a complete performance yesterday. I couldn't really give a man of the match or a player of the match um, because I think it was just a, you know, holistic performance across the whole of the squad. Um, Talk to me about that change in formation because... Um, you know, you'll have been there in training where they've drilled it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over to play <laughs> in a certain way. I, I was a little surprised when I saw they'd gone to a back four. I mean, it's clearly working for them, but there are players who are playing in positions that are quite unusual for them over the last couple of years. Yeah, well, you've had um, another injury, Katie, John- Katie Johnson, who I thought has, you know, had a fantastic um, season. And I know she's picked up an injury and she's working herself back. But again, that was the right side where they've had to have a look at. So, um, you know, Anna Price has come into the into the back four and um, Emma Cross has gone out onto the right. And, you know, Emma, she's a fantastic player. She can play, you know, wherever she's been told and she's got the pace to get up and down that flank. And then I think we've seen Destiny 
in a different position over the last couple of weeks, being that central forward rather than on the on the right wing. Um or if they're playing like a four three three at the moment, but out of possession, it's more like a four five one. Um so yeah, and I think it's you know just working really well. They've had a new addition, Beth Roberts, who is coming at left back, and I think again she's probably alongside Anna Morfit the best player with the left foot in our league at the moment and her delivery out on the left has really helped to get balls into the box for the girls to finish and put away in front of goal. Um, and Anna Morfit playing centre-half, um, you know, she's been fantastic, you know, a position that she hasn't really played over the last couple of seasons. It's only been the last couple of games, really. And, um, you know, when there is a bit of a tweak, it does take a couple of weeks to adjust. You know, yeah, in training you do it, you know, two, three times a week. But on a Sunday, you know, again, it's it's different, you know, when you come into a game. And I think now they're quite stable um, working with Destiny up front. Obviously, Jay Cross is on the right and Beth Merrick's on the left. And I think it's just taken them a couple of weeks to adjust with Amber being out. Um, but now I think they've got the flow and everyone's on the same wavelength and, you know, understanding how each other play. Um. You mentioned Beth Merrick. I thought she was unreal in that West Brom game as well. Um, I know that there was big hope that Burnley were going to be the team to take points off Nottingham Forest. Didn't happen. So as things stand, is it, what, six points behind but with two games in hand? Yeah. Um, How confident are you that they can overhaul this? It's going to be tough. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy. I think we can say now that, you know, Forest have got the momentum and, you know, each game for them now coming towards the end of the season, they know they can't really afford to drop a point. Um, and it kind of puts pressure a little bit back on Wolves because they can't afford to drop any more points. Um, the two games in hand, they've got to win. It's a must win for Wolves to keep that pressure on Forest if they do slip up. But they've got a few... You know, the last five games are quite tight, I think, for Forest. Um, so I think Wolves will just concentrate on themselves um, again, take game by game. And if Forest do slip up, I think Wolves will be there ready to pounce. Yeah, I think Forest have got West Brom um, on Thursday. So uh, for the, the only time they'll ever be said on Wolves Weekly, <laughs> come on, Albion. Um, uh, Liverpool... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liverpool Feds. Next up um, on Sunday, uh, they were actually a team that we dropped points to early in yeah. the season. You know, when you talk about these bogey teams, um, I think Liverpool Feds is a bogey team for Wolves and it'll be interesting this weekend. Um, and that's when, you know, if Wolves don't get, you know, top spot, they will be looking at the results across the season. And that would have been, you know, start of the um, league this season, a couple of points dropped. Um, but yeah, I think they are a bit of a bogey team for Wolves, but I'm sure they'll do, you know, planning prep this this week like they do and go out there and get the three points. And again, it's a must three points um, for us if we do want to keep the pressure on Forest. And like you say, hopefully Baggies can help us out this weekend and maybe cause a little upset. Um, now, I'm going to ask you something and I'm going to call you Wids when I do it because I've known you quite a while now, Wids. Um, yeah, as you were, as people may not be aware, they'll have known you as Natalie Whittle for yeah. an awful long time. Uh, what was it? Way over two hundred appearances in the end. Yeah. 
Um, you picked the wrong time to retire, didn't you? To step up and now join us in the commentary box. You want to still be involved in this? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We was only joking about it yesterday. You know, if, if some of us was like, you know, ten, we've been born 10 years too early um, because the way women's football's going now is just unbelievable. You know, girls having players' names on, on the back of their shirts um, yesterday was just something that, you know, I've never really got to witness or never had um, in my early 20s. Um, so yesterday it was like, God, if only we was born 10 years Ten years too soon, um. But now, you know, I'd love to see Wolves go on and get into the, you know, WSL. Whether it's this season or next season, um, the men have been absolutely great in their support. It was great to see them yesterday. I think it was Totti, um, Podence, Rayall, and Costa coming to show their support. And even five years ago, we weren't there. Um, so even in a short space of time over the last five seasons. There's been huge developments. Um, they've got really behind the girls, and it's just amazing to see. Was there a part of you that was quite emotional seeing that yeah. size of crowd? Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, something that we've always wanted, and you, you know, sometimes it was only dreamt about. Um, and I remember having conversations with like my parents, and also, you know, even Anna yesterday, thinking, "Can you believe it? It still doesn't feel real." because of the way women's football was looked at years ago. Um, but I think now because of the investment and everybody's on board and, you know, and, and there should be, women's football should just be as equal as the men's. And it's, you know, playing at Molyneux, a lot of preparation has to go into it. It's not just waking up on a Sunday saying, oh, do you fancy playing at Molyneux today? There's a lot of prep to go into it, you know, and lots of things behind the scenes that people probably don't realise and, up and down the country yesterday, Stoke City women, they were at um, their stadium and it's just great to have those opportunities. And for the young girls now, they can go on and make a living out of football because it is being shown and invested in a lot more heavily than it was when I was, you know, 10 years old. Right, let's talk about Chelsea this coming weekend. Uh, no Ruben Neves, Lee Naylor. How do they replace him? Mortenio. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the only option, is it not? I mean, for me, it's it's you can't replace him because he, he you know he he offers so much on the pitch. But Mortenio is the one that's gonna I think gonna step in there and gonna be that player for us that you know we want Neves to be. I think it's the worst time. Worst time to play Chelsea. They've just got rid of the manager. We know what happens after after that. You know, they have three or four games where the teams just get, you know, they just get electric in them and they, and they, they just fire. And it's one of them where I just think it's the worst possible time we could be facing Chelsea. One saving grace of that is our game is sandwiched between two huge games for Chelsea, two huge midweek. Yeah. They've got they got Liverpool first, which you imagine is going to have the big reaction, and then going away to Wolves, it might just take knowing they've got Madrid the following week, it might help us in in some regard. But it nails the spot on you that you'd much prefer Graham Potter to be in charge and under stick, and him being trying to be the defensive manager. Yeah. Um, but we might just see some rotation and things like that in the Chelsea club, which may just help us. But I think we're, we're, we're better against the better teams anyway. I think we can sort of take the shackles off a little bit and go for it. 
And we struggle to break teams down who's sitting against us. And I don't think Chelsea be doing that. The question, I guess, of of how they adequately replace Ruben Neves. Mario Lamina, Natalie, can can certainly play in that kind of role. He kind of has done in some of the games anyway. The question I think a lot of fans would have is, is Mateus Nunez, because we saw him drop back in for the second half at Forest. We know that arguably his best position may be as a as an eight rather than certainly than a wide forward. And and the question would be as to whether in his time at Wolves so far he's been used in his best position. I guess has he done well enough to warrant that? And and is this now a chance with no Neves? Yeah, uh, why not? Why like you say, why not put him in the midfield rather than, you know, Matinho where would be a like for like and we've seen that throughout this season. Lopetegui has done like for like changes and sometimes you might just need to spice it up a little bit and you know I think he's better driving forward through the middle um, with the ball and having that you know a bit more of a role linking from like the defence to the forward players um, and having that bit more creativity I mean Neves you know is a world-class player isn't he and he's going to be hard to hard to replace in that midfield he just brings something else um, towards but yeah you know, why not? We haven't got anything to lose, have you? And especially against Chelsea, who are also, you know, not playing the best at the moment. And they're going to be feeling the pressure. And sometimes I think it is a bit of a mentality thing when we've all played against better teams. Um, I think you back yourself a little bit more because you think that they're better than us. So why don't we go and start on the front foot? Because we know how important Chelsea are going to try and get the three points as well. And that might just help us open open a few of the gaps up going forward. Almost going back, Lee Naylor, to our conversation about um, how you set up and go about it from the start. Does he dare play an out-and-out number 10 or play Cunha behind Jimenez or Costa and, and who plays in those wide areas or does he try and make it as solid as possible and, and get to that hour mark before tinkering? Yeah, I mean... For me, it's 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 a really tough one. I, I can't see him going past a four-five-one-four-three-three three sort of formation. Where I'll be honest, I like Cunha out on the left. I really like him as a, as a inside winger. I think he, he can give more coming from that coming from there. I don't think he's an out and out striker. I don't think he's got enough to do that. But what he is is an absolute workhorse. And as a fullback, he's someone you'd want in front here just because he's constantly working, constantly working hard for the team, constantly, you know, he, he does want to get forward. He does he does want to make things happen. But I just don't think he's got that quality when he's in those positions to make things happen. Uh, that's why I think he's better off someone. And I, especially coming off the wing where he can help out as well. You know, I, I, th- I think he could be, he could be a really important part if he does play. Because he's got pace, he's got power, he's, you know, he's, he's got strength. I just don't think he's got the, that, number nine quality that, you know, who's a goal scorer. I think he's going to play a, probably a defensive 4-3-3, which is a 4-5-1. Would you be tempted, given that uh, I think there's an acceptance that he did well coming on on Saturday, Diego Costa, against his former team, offers you a physical element that maybe Wolves haven't had? Well, Did- yeah. Well, why not? You've seen it, in you? When people go back to their old clubs, Normally they stick on it now to get a goal. Um, so yeah, why not? Because I thought he, he made an impact the other day when he came on uh, against Forest. Um, 
you know he's not going to give you he's he's not going to give you ninety. But what you can do is bring fresh legs on then, um, and depending where the game's at, at during that time, you can you know decide which way you want to go. Um, but definitely, mate, he's he's got he's got that grip between his teeth. He's gone back to his former club. He's gonna want to do well. He's gonna want to put a, put on a good performance, which everyone does. See, I know, I know, Edo loves Raúl, so I'm I'm guessing Edo would pick Raúl over Costa. But Costa did well on Saturday, so did he do enough to make that a, a debate in your head, Edo? Um, he did do well. He did do well. When you talk about playing against your, your old club, he played at Stamford Bridge, didn't he? And he he did more action in his parade when he came off, clapping all the fans, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's lost the edge against Chelsea, um, but I what I would do if it, if it was me, I would I'd actually play Jao Gomez in in midfield with Lamina, be real combative in that midfield. Both got legs, both can tackle, both get around, and then I'd play Mateus Nunes off the left, and then Cunha and and Raúl, and then on the right hand side Sarabia probably, and then Trevor to come on. I just think that gives you. The opportunity in game to change if it's not working because you can quite easily bring Nunes into the middle. You can put Cunha out wide left, like Nail said. I think you, in game you can change quite easily without having to make all these substitutions. But I think starting that way in that four-two-two-two basically, or four-two-three-one sort of thing. But Jao Gomez, I think he's been dipped in and out. He's he's done well in some games. Some games have passed him by a little bit when he's came on. But I just think. Um, him alongside Lamina against Chelsea, who have got so many good attacking players. I know it hasn't clicked from this season. We've got so many good players that to have them two in there, marshalling in front of the back four, I think will be really important um, to use their legs and say their their physical ability as well. So I would go that way. And like I said, Mateus Nunes, I think it works him off the left. He's not a left winger at all, but for the moment it does work. But if they're getting overrun in midfield or if they're not looking a threat, then you can quite easily move them inside and, and sort of be a little bit more disciplined then. Um, but I, I'd start Raul, I would. I think his energy, on, especially more on the counter-attack, of being able to get forward a little bit. Natalie, you speak to an awful lot of fans, I know. What's more important, simply a result? Or do you get the feeling that fans need to see some kind of a performance as well? to kind of, I don't know, quell any fears people might have and and to set confidence going again? I think with amongst the Wolves fans, it's all about who they're playing against. So like Forrest, you know, it was always a must three-point win. Whereas I think when you come up and face Chelsea, even though they're not doing so well this season, you know, they still are a good team, aren't they? They've, you know, in the Champions League. So I think for Wolves, it'll be, let's just get a result um, you know, whether that's just a point and then the performances can come afterwards. Um, but I do think Wolves are always better against better opposition. Um, and again, I don't know whether that's just like a mentality thing. This weekend, it'll be, let's try and get a point on the board and then hopefully the performances will follow. Nails, would you care if Chelsea had 80% of the ball and Wolves had one shot and won it 1-0? Absolutely not. Three points is all that matters. It's all about points on the board at this point. We can worry about performances next season when it all starts again and we're in the Premier League. At this moment, it just it doesn't matter. It's so tight down there. Three points does you the world of good. So there's no reason why they can't do it. He did against Liverpool. We weren't in a good place, a bit like Chelsea. Um, and like Nat said, Wolves do better against the better teams. I think they can counter-attack a lot easier, a little bit less pressure on to try and break a team down. So, yeah, just how, by however means possible, just, just get those three points. 
Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.